Okay, Gareth, go for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel a little bit naked up here without a wig and, and various other costumes. Um, I just, that worship um, today was absolutely brilliant. And as we're speaking about having the right foundations and building the right foundations in our lives, worshiping is part of that. You know, just soaking yourself in God, giving yourself to Him in worship, there's an exchange that takes place. I don't know, but for me there is. It's kind of, I'm letting God in, and He's taking out stuff, and He's putting in stuff, and He's making that foundation more and more solid. Um, Angela, myself, and the children have been at David's tent, and when I first went there, I thought, you know, it's quite a lot of money to be just like one tent worshipping all the time. Because there's like not many talks and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm used to going to, yeah, not used to, I've been to New Wine once, but I'm used to, <laughs> I'm full on, dude, I'm full on. And, but there, there's a lot of seminars and things you can go to and stuff that you think, oh, well, this will build me up. But being at David's tent made me realize that that is so important. That worship all the time, that, that's what's strengthening that foundation in me, whether I want to acknowledge it or not really, because it just happens to you, even if you're not into it, just being there does something. So yeah, that's just a, 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 a bar-the-bar thing that, um, that I've thought of. And, and also the whole line thing, they're very strict on the lines over there, as Becca was saying. So we were standing as well, quite near to the line, a little bit over actually, and the steward came. And instead of moving, we just looked at him. Look, what you going to do about it? You know? <laughs> so that's another way of doing it. <laughs> so in any case, so, right. So we're looking at the wise and the foolish builders. And uh, if we could uh, uh, turn to uh, Matthew 7, uh, 24 to 27. We're just going to read, read that little bit. Um, Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. Now all these words that Jesus is speaking about, the stuff that, he, that, 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 that we to build on, starts basically in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes, and it, and it works its way up all the way to, to where we get to our point where Jesus kind of finishes it off about, if you listen to this stuff, you're on, you're on the right track, but if you don't, you're not. You know, I've, I've, I've been a Christian for 21 years, and it's really in, only in the past, say, four or five years that I've kind of started building my foundation properly, you know. See, in my mind, I thought that once I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I had moved automatically from the sand to the rock. I thought that was it. But I didn't realize that it took many, many years of 
of strengthening the foundation until we have something that resembles something solid. I'm not there yet. There's loads of stuff that I still need to, to build. But I think there's a big danger in when a person, say, for instance, finishes an alpha course and then gets baptized and then it's, okay, sweet, you've got it, it's, you, it's done. That's, that's the first step. Your salvation is the first grain that you get to put your toe on. That you have moved from being unsaved to saved. Nothing can take that away from you. You know, it's a sealed thing. It's a done thing. Jesus has accomplished that for you. But that is the beginning of the journey. And I find the danger these days is people think that that is the end of the journey. And they feel, okay, cool. We're in this place now. You know, we've given our life to Christ. And now that's it. It's done. I can lock myself up in a room, a dark room, and eat hamburgers for the rest of my life. And I'm cool. But that's not, that is not what Jesus says over here. And he's talking, about, he's talking about building something with what he's given us to build. And everything we, do, we need is in here. You know, building our lives on the right foundation is so important. But obviously it holds everything up. Um, it doesn't matter what quality of materials you use to build. Um, or how skilled a craftsman you are. Um, if your building is not on the right foundation, it's not going to stand up. Um, and, and all that hard work is going to be totally, totally lost. Um, a thing, to, a thing to, to look at in, the, in this parable is that there are only two characters in the story. The wise and the foolish builder. You know? In God's economy, there's only, there's only two ways. There's Jesus and everything else. There are only two builders here. There's no kind of, you know, there's, there's nothing else. It's so straightforward. It's so clear. You know, one way leads to life and the other way leads to death. It's as simple as that. That's, that's how important being on the rock is, having that firm salvation, that firm um, foundation is. You know, <laughs> but the world will tell you otherwise. The world will tell you that there's many, many different ways to spirituality, to becoming a spiritual person. The world is, you know, you've, you've Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, you know, uh, paganism, spiritualism, uh, Hinduism. I mean, it goes on and on. And the world says every one of these ways is absolutely valid. Because if you find some good in it, and you live your life as a really cool, nice person, that's okay. But that's not, that's not, what, that's not what the Word of God tells me as a Christian. And too, too many times, us as Christians, I don't know how, but sometimes we pick up these other theologies on the way. These things, you know, we, we're trying so hard to fit in with the people around us that we almost become more like them than they like us. But if you are built on the rock, that's not going to happen because you'll be solid in your faith. You'll be solid in your understanding. You'll be solid in the knowledge of who you are in Christ and who he is to you and to the world. Um, yes, the whole pick and mix thing doesn't work. It does not work. If we look at... Um, 
John 14. We all know John 14, verse 67. Don't even know if I have to read it. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do, you, you do know me and have seen him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's such a basic thing, but it's something that we need to hold as a very, very firm foundation of our lives. Very firm indeed. Because the storms are coming, the storms are here. And without that, we could find ourselves in some trouble. You know, I work on a, um, I work on a big estate. I'm, I'm the head gardener there. And we have all the usual things. We have uh, chauffeurs and housekeepers and me. And... Uh, so there's lots of servants there. But I, we had this, this one housekeeper came in, um, and uh, she was really nice. You know, I, I've, I've been there 13 years. I've seen them come and go. It's a tough place to work, believe you me. And she came in, and she was speaking real kind of like light stuff. She was like speaking about grace. She was speaking about forgiveness. She was speaking about being enlightened and, and the oneness and you know, so I just took it, you know, I realized she wasn't a Christian pretty quick. But I kind of thought to myself, gee, you know, there's a lot of sense. This woman is making a lot of sense. You know, I couldn't fault her, really, in her philosophy, in the way she thought about living, in the way she treated others, in the way she forgave my boss when my boss treated her badly. And I thought, that is admirable, because I have spoken to, you know, to many of the other housekeepers that just turned Twitter, tw uh, twisted and bitter, and then they're all back there, you know, talking nonsense. But this woman, no, she was all about forgiveness. And then I would speak to her about Jesus, and I would speak to her about my faith, and she would say to me, oh, I'm getting, you know, goosebumps, you know, there's obviously something here. And it's, she was almost trying to say that our spirit is in agreement, the two of us. She was incorrect, totally incorrect, because she had all the truths without Jesus as the core. All these faiths, all these other belief systems, there's always some kind of truth in there. But there's a lot of falsehood as well. Sometimes you can see the falsehood quite easy. It's easy to discern. A lot of the times, unfortunately, it's not that easy to discern. There was another chap there doing some work for us. And he also started speaking real I don't know, Christian stuff. And I went to Angela and I said, this guy's amazing who's working here. I, I think he's a Christian. You know, turns out, you know, he's a spiritualist. And, and I, a Christian of nearly, you know, of 21 years, I never pegged it straight away. That's how subtle it is. Am I saying that there's no value to other belief systems? No ways. I'm certainly not saying that there... There's no value to these, to these other ways of thinking. But what I am saying is that us as Christians, if we know Jesus Christ and we know what he has done for us, we don't need other systems. And we certainly don't need to take on their belief systems in order to fit in with them. Because I promise you this, that housekeeper 
and that other builder were not going to try and take in on my Christianity to be my pal. I even got a book from this guy, Eckhart Tolle. It was called The Power of Now. He gave me this book. I said, yeah, sure. In my mind, I'm like, cool, I'll read his book and I'll give you my book. Silly move. I opened up his book. I started reading it. It made so much sense to me. I was thinking, crikey, maybe I've made a mistake over here. It just made so much sense. God told me after page 37, put that book down. You don't need it. Just put it down. I chucked it to the one side. I thought, what book am I going to give him? I thought, oh, something mellow. What did I give him? Rob Bell, Love Wins. Oh my gosh. But in any case, there is some good stuff there. I do like Rob Bell. But in any case, I don't know if he's read it. So, what I'm saying here is other belief systems are unnecessary for us followers of Christ. They're a waste of time if we are built on the right foundation. You know, the house that was built on sand was built well. That's that foolish builder, even though he was diligent in building a house, that house had the, had the, the appearance of being solid and it would have stood up unless there was a storm. In the fair weather, that house was stunning. It was only when the storms came that we, that we saw that that house was no good. You know, building diligently doesn't always mean you're building right. You can be so busy building stuff that, you, that on, the, on the outside appearance seems like such a good thing. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for this. I'm sorting out my future, whatever. That's all good stuff. But that's not where it's at. Where it's at is building on Christ first, getting your foundation solid. These other things will come. This um, other builder, the foolish builder, you know, he was enjoying the success of his labors. He had a nice house. I bet you this guy had a good job. I bet you this foolish builder had lots of friends. I bet you this foolish builder even adopted a child from a third world country. I bet you this foolish builder volunteered at homeless shelters. He did all those things, this foolish builder. But you know what? He never had Christ. So when the storms came, those things would count for nothing for him. For nothing. Um, you know, these people, they do all things. Have you ever met people like this? They do all things, they have all things, and they go to a grave, to their graves very happy. They've, but they've never looked for Jesus. I've worked my career, I work for the super wealthy, the Rothschilds and the Marchionesses and whatnot. That's what I work for. And these people have everything, do everything, but they still, they don't have Christ. Their trials, their storms might not happen on this earth. But believe you me, it'll happen on the day of judgment. And that's when it'll count. You know, the wise builder, I don't think he worked any much harder, or any harder, in fact, than the uh, foolish builder. He didn't use any different materials to build his house. He wasn't a better or skilled craftsman than the foolish builder. 
but he built it on the he built his foundation in the right place. And I believe just like with this worship, if we soak ourselves in the word of God, if we understand clearly what we believe, moving to our identity of who we are in Christ, we will prevail over all these other theologies and things that are being washed about. I had a I had a picture while I was while I was um, doing this talk, and it was a, it was kind of a picture of this guy standing on the rock, and like you know, like these Marvel movies, this guy started turning into the rock. It, the, the foundation came up from his leg, from his feet, up his legs, and he started turning into rock himself. That's what it's like to be like Jesus. Then you can be a refuge and a strong place for others. The rock is not all about you. The rock is not all about you, your house standing up in the storm. The rock is about we need to become the rock for other people. But the only way we can become the rock for other people is by being on our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I've got to, I'm going to read John 1, uh, sorry, John 10, 27 to 30, says over here, My sheep will listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You know, when the storms of this life come, I don't believe that it's a matter of us holding onto Jesus for our dear lives to survive the divorce, to get over the addiction, to stop the things that in your life that you know are are destructive. It's not a matter of our strength hanging on tightly to this rock. We've just read there, nothing, nothing can take us out of his hands. The thing is that Jesus will hold on to you through those storms. It's not like a foundation you get here on this earth where, yes, if you put down a good foundation on a good solid base, if there are storms, your structure will stay standing. This is a living foundation. It's not stone. It's not rock. This is Jesus. And he holds on to us through the storms. And we need that now because this world is so washed with fear and confusion. People have have got out of the whole secularism thing that happened maybe 15, 20 years ago. And they've realized that secularism doesn't work. Now everybody's running to fill that spiritual hole they have discovered in themselves. But they're filling it with all nonsense. They're filling it with wrong stuff. They will not stand the storms. The the reason why all this other weird stuff is, is floating about is because the storm is coming. The devil knows it. And he doesn't want people to stand. So he's giving people lots of sand to build lots of temporary accommodation that looks fantastic in the sunny weather. But when the storms come, he knows that those houses are going to get smashed. And it's up to us 
as followers of Christ to be refuge to these people. We need to show them what it is to be built on the rock. And that is by worshipping, by giving yourself to worship. That is by reading your Bible. My goodness, is it so unfashionable these days to read your Bible? It's unbelievable. I've got these two window cleaners at work, both Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, I mean, we know Jehovah's Witnesses. They do know their stuff, but it's interpreted for them. Da-da-da, Watchtower, we know this. Forget all that stuff. They still know their Bible. And this man was telling me this window... <laughs> you must think I was... Uh, you must think like... I work in like flipping Stonehenge or something. I mean, I, I, you know what I mean? I just got all these weird dudes around me. But, but, um, but I think that's where God's put me, you see. You know, that's where God's put me. And, and he said to me with such conviction and certainty, he said, he said, in the end times, he says, when all the remnant, when everyone scattered, he went into the He said, only the witnesses will stand. Because we are witnesses and we are pure. You know, um, I'm not saying that they're right or whatever, but what I'm saying is this guy, even though he's rock, he may not may, may have a few little holes in it, maybe permeate a little bit of water. He was so solid on that on that rock. I, I do a lot of planting at work, and there's this uh, uh, kind of stone. It's called uh, it's called uh, tufa. Do you know what tufa is? It's, a, it's like a, a volcanic rock, but it's quite soft and it's porous. And what you would do is you, you can cut little, little holes into it and you can plant for planting because it's not so dense that the root system can't get in and there is a, a bit of nutrients in there. But you can actually plant, you can plant these things, these plants into this tufa. That's not God. God doesn't want that for us. He wants, he wants our rock is like flint. You know, stuff's not going to grow into it that's not supposed to be there. You get this too far. I can put a fern in there. I can grow raspberries in there. I can grow anything I want in Thufa. Thufa. And um, that's what happens with these things. They take on a myriad of different organisms on their backs. But when you are planted on the rock, that is our Lord, Jesus Christ, our Savior, you don't get that stuff. It doesn't happen. Another thing I do at work, because I'm against organic gardening, I believe that gardening is war. I do not believe that gardening is this tralala with your big brimmed hat, clipping a few roses and taking some tomatoes into the kitchen. Gardening is war. I wear a uniform every day. I use chemical warfare, I use weapons, my, my tractor, my mower, that is my tank. My hoe is my machine gun, and it's better than an AK-47, believe you me. And I use all these, all these things. The one thing I do use, I use a, something called a residual herbicide. You put this stuff on the ground, it kills everything for six months. You never have to spray again. So it's pre-emergence, it's translocated, it's, it's, it's hardcore stuff. That's what I believe our foundation should be like. No foothold for any weeds. No foothold. We need to be strong. And we need to keep on building and not think because we've got a little certificate that we've done this or that course or whatever, that it's the done deal. That is the beginning of the journey. And it's a fantastic journey. 
And it leads us to a place where we become solid pillars of strength in a world that needs it. Thank you, everyone.